This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. Many years ago, my wife and I uh, took a trip to San Antonio for the day. I actually had a speaking engagement down there for the day. We were going to leave early in the morning and arrive back pretty late at night. Uh, I think our flight back to Dallas was somewhere around 9 or 10 o'clock at night. So we arrived. We'd rented a car for the day from Thrifty. So we, we, we landed. We took our couple of small bags that we had over and stood, you know, stood outside the airport waiting for the Thrifty truck to arrive. Uh, the van pulled up, the door opened right in front of us. I reached down to grab my bags and I heard, stop. And, and, and I looked and the young man said, my name is Michael. I will be your thrifty driver today. My customers do not carry their own luggage. So backed away from the luggage. Michael uh, took the two steps down, picked up our luggage, put it back into the car. Uh, we sat down. Uh, we started to drive away. Michael goes, listen, once again, I want to tell you my name is Michael, and I welcome you to San Antonio. Uh, what type of a car are you renting today? And I said, well, you know what, Michael, we're going to be here just for the day. We've got a small economy. He went, stop. And uh, I stopped, and he said, uh, my customers don't rent economy cars. Let me see whether I can work it out. Got on the radio phone, said, hey, this is Michael. Uh, my customers, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tamer here today, they're in a... Uh, uh, entry-level car, can we upgrade them to a mid-size or a full-size car? And all of a sudden, I'm kind of liking Michael. So Michael proceeded to ask us where we're going, if we needed any restaurant reservations, any uh, travel directions. Uh, when we got to our car, um, I certainly did not pick up my luggage. Uh, Michael grabbed my luggage, put it down at the end of the um, outside of the van, and off we went. Well, I spoke in the morning, had intended to have some other business there uh, in the afternoon, and we were going to have dinner down there, but realized that I was done really, really early. So we brought the car back in order to stand by for a, a 1 o'clock, 1.30 flight back to Dallas. Uh, dropped our car off. Uh, Michael took us back to the airport, uh, dropped our car off, and stood by and did not get on the plane. So here we are, you know, with almost eight hours to go. What do we do? We call Michael. Uh, Michael came back, picked us up, gave us our car back, which they never do, went out, spent some time in San Antonio, came back at the end of the evening. Um, it was extraordinary, um, extraordinary customer service. Uh, came back to San Antonio about two months later, rented from Thrifty again, was standing there in my luggage, waited for the doors to open up, and no Michael. Uh, had another gentleman, very nice, but but not Michael. I don't know what happened to Michael. Maybe Michael's... Um, went on to run Thrifty, or maybe he's leading some other uh, Fortune 500 organizations, the president of the organization, but we would all love more Michaels. To have that kind of an attitude, that kind of a positive experience as a client was something that kept me going back to renting 
uh, Thrifty, even though at that time we had a relationship with Budget and we had a relationship with Avis, I think, and but yet I was renting Thrifty. Well, sometimes in order to have more Michaels in your organization, we have to have leaders that attract, retain, and encourage and get the most out of Michaels. And in order to do that, we have to have a, a culture, a leader culture that drives our organization to be able to do that. So I'd like to spend today's podcast talking to you about five keys to a leader culture. The first key to our leader culture is that we are all in. What that means is whatever we do, we do it together. And we do it as a team, as a unit. I, I'm not sure whether your unit of supervisors or leaders is there's three of you or there's 30 of you or there's a hundred of you. And I'm not sure whether, again, you're the leader of the leaders or you're a supervisor that's managing a group of 10 to 20 or, or 30 people. But, but we're talking about a leader culture here now. So we're talking about how do our leaders work together and we have to work together as a team. We have to work together as a unit. And, and quite simply, that means that we're the rules, the procedures, the processes that we've set in place, we're just doing them. We're bought in. We're all in. We're going with what the organization has decided, what our culture is, and that's the way that we're doing our jobs. And we're doing that whether we like the other people or we like the processes, the rules or procedures. We're just all doing them as a unit. If you want to get them changed, get them changed within the unit. But what we can't have is we can't have individual leaders off doing their own thing. You know, you, you begin to look at, well, I, you know, I've got a different management or coaching style. Well, styles are different than working as a team, right? What we're trying to do is, is, to, work, is to work together as a team. So let me give you an example, right? So if you're a leader, the culture in every organization ought to be that we don't really have favorites, right? That we as an organization are going to treat everybody equally, and we're going to treat them as much as possible the same. Well, let me give you an example of the same. Well, if, if, if someone that works for you, Joe, is a really friendly guy and Jane is, is crazy quiet, that doesn't mean that you don't talk to Joe. And because you can't talk to Jane because Jane's quiet, it doesn't mean that at all. You still talk to Joe. It just means if you're spending time with Joe, you'll also spend time with Jane, even though Jane is quiet. And you'll try as best you can to spend the same amount of time with both people. What we have a tendency sometimes to do is, is that we, you know, we talk to Job, we figure Jane's quiet, so we just walk by Jane. Well, we don't want to do that. We want to create an environment where we're not skipping Jane, but we're all working together. So that, of course, means that we're not doing any sort of backbiting. We're not doing any sort of gossiping. We're not teaming up with a couple of different supervisors against another supervisor. What we're doing is we're, we're doing the very best of our ability to work together as a unit. So the question that's often asked of me is, well, how do I stand out, right? If I'm just being along with everybody else, how do I stand out? Well, you know what? You stand out by listening better or coaching clearer or extra focus on KPIs or the strengths and weaknesses of the individuals that you have. It means that you're working harder, right? So you're Maybe you're perhaps volunteering to take on more weeds. And so I, so I stand out in the organization by, by putting in extra effort. You know, just a, just a thought or a clue. Someone told me this many, many years ago, and it was really brilliant. He, he said to me, I asked him, he was working with a board of directors and trying to figure out how, how to work with them. And he said, you know what? He goes, I've always worked under the adage that what my boss finds interesting, I find fascinating. 
What my boss finds interesting, I find fascinating. It doesn't mean that you're a suck up. It doesn't mean anything along those lines. But what it means is, is I'm going to listen to my leader, listen to what the structure and the plans and the rules and the process, the procedures are, and I'm going to work with those and I'm going to work within my team to make us successful. The second key to being a successful leader culture is that we work all out, just not harder. What that means is we work for our employees as hard as they work for themselves, just not any harder. And obviously, we do it with integrity. You know, an employee really needs three things to be successful. They need a clear job description. They need the tools necessary to do their job. And they need a boss that has their best interests in mind. Now, you probably don't have a lot of control over whether they've got a clear job description or whether they've got the tools necessary. Those decisions are probably made above your pay grade. Perhaps they're made at your pay grade, and that is what you do. But for the most part, most of us can control the third one, which is to have our boss best, best interest, our employees' best interest in mind. You see, you can be a tough boss. You can be a stern boss. You can even be an easy boss. But the key component is that you need to have your employee's best interest in mind because if your employee perceives and you actually do have their best interest in mind, then they're going to work very, very hard for you because they know that you're looking out for them. And when you do that, it's great for the company and it's great for the employee and it's great for you. So if we want our employee's best interest in mind, one of the things that we never do is we never work harder then the employee works for themselves. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've sat down with an employee that had some sort of a discipline problem or an issue problem. And, you know, I said to them, listen, this is what you need to do. And I'm willing to step alongside you and help you. But I'm not working any harder than you are. The moment that you stop putting out effort, the moment that you start trying, the moment that I see that you're not working to achieve your own personal goals, I'm going to stop working for you because I never want to be working harder for you than you're working for yourself. And if you've heard some of my earlier podcasts, this is where that ownership comes into play, right? This this is an adult relationship, right? They're working. They need to own it and want it. So what we want to do is we want to go all out to help our employees. We want to do everything we can to help them be successful. We're just not going to work any harder for them than they work for themselves. The third component of leader culture is that we start great. We recognize a great start to the shift, and day is everything. I don't have to tell you what happens when we don't get off to a good start to a, a day in the contact center, when you know 25% of the people don't show up, or for some reason or other, the IVR is down, or we get an inordinate amount of calls, or somebody uh, dumps some sort of a new set of um, mail that's been sent out, or we've changed some sort of a... Uh, invoice or you know what those circumstances are. If you don't get off to a great start in the contact center, you never catch up. It's it's very much like traffic on a on a on a freeway, right? You know, once there's a backup, you may clear the you may clear the accident, but it takes forever for the traffic to get back going again because things just start to stack up and they start to back up. So what we need to do is we need to get off to a great start. So as a manager or a leader, we need to have a culture that's looking for ways to get us off to a great start a huge believer in huddles, you know, uh, beginning of day huddles where everybody gets together. We communicate uh, whatever the the plans are for the day. Maybe there's some KPIs or some targets, or hopefully there's some sort of games or incentives going on in that particular day. Uh, 
Perhaps we have something where we, sh- you know, somebody shares something that's going on with them personal, do something fun, and off you go. And matter of fact, I love midday huddles too, just a way if there's a chance to get people together and you've got that moment and it works for you with your workforce management, love those as well. We want to get off to a great start. I know a lot of supervisors and and leaders that will meet their employees in the parking lot and, you know, give them a high five before they even get in the door, you know, or at the very least, when they do sit down, they go around and high five everybody and encourage them and get them off to a great start. Getting your people in their seats ready to go gets you off where you need to be. Let's face it, we're always fighting time. And so getting off to a great start is a wonderful way and a great leader culture solution. The fourth one is that we walk the walk. We walk the walk in the center, in the rows, and in the moment. Let me start with in the moment. When you talk to an employee, look at them, focus on them, and stay with them. Be in the moment. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be looking over their heads for a better lie. Don't nod to somebody else that you're talking to. You need to spend time with these folks in that moment. What's the best way to show walk the walk? Well, I mean, first off, don't be a hypocrite, right? I mean, there's a certain way to do things. Don't say one thing and do another. The best way to walk the walk is to be a great example, is to make the way that you do your work an example for them. Here's some ways to do that. Uh, One, answer the phone with energy. Every time your phone rings from one of your employees, answer it with energy. We happen to believe that you ought to answer the phone the exact same way that you want your frontline reps to answer it. So if your frontline reps say, thank you for calling ABC Corporation, Uh, Angela speaking, how may I help you? You know, when you get an internal call from a rep, you say, thank you for calling ABC Corporation. Uh, uh, My name is George. Uh, How may I help you? So what you're doing is you're modeling what the reps are supposed to do. And if you don't want to model what their exact opening phrases, you need to model the energy every time because you're expecting them to answer the phone with energy. You need to answer it with energy yourself. Second thing is, I think you ought to be running to meetings. I mean, I've talked on other podcasts about the fact that you need to be maniacal about time and you need to be maniacal about time. So you should be running to meetings. You should run your meetings on time. You should end them on time. You should be crazy when it comes to time because let's face it, we want them to be crazy when it comes to time as well. Uh, we don't want to gossip. Um, don't be a leader that gossips. It's, it's a terrible way to walk the walk. And then finally, uh, you know, probably one of the key components of being great on the phone is having the ability to acknowledge, which basically means when your customer says something, you need to acknowledge it. You don't need to leave empty space. So if a customer says, hey, you know what, I, you know, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. It's just been terrible rain here today. It's been soaking wet all day long. You know, if your response is, you know, give me your account number, you would never have them do that. Well, the same way when your rep says something, acknowledge it. Walk the walk and show them how to be, how to acknowledge when you're having a conversation with them as well. It's something actually that you can do that can be a little bit fun uh, when you're doing it. And then the final key to a leader culture is we want to talk, talk, right? We want to communicate positive, direct, encouraging, and adult, Right, we communicate by being positive, direct, and encouraging because we're we're in the business of finding somebody doing something right, and when we find somebody doing something right, we need to communicate that because we have to over communicate in the contact center. Your employees are like mushrooms; they're 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 clueless. 
They're spending all day long staring at their screens, talking to multiple clients all day long. They don't know what's going on. We need to over-communicate to them. We need to over-communicate the successful things that they're doing. We need to over-communicate the challenges that they have. But we need to be positive and encouraging and direct about it. So let me give you a professional, direct way of doing things, which is something that I love, which is the sandwich approach, right? You go in, you tell them something nice, you tell them something they need to work on, then you tell them something nice again, right? So like your shoes, hey, really need you to be in your seat on time, like your shoes. Obviously, that's a really short short way to communicate that message. But when we use the when we use a sandwich approach, it really does help us accomplish and communicate and stay positive, yet make sure we're covering the areas that we need to. And then finally, when we talk the talk, we need to make sure that we're being adult, right? Which means that we're having an adult conversation with our employees. Sometimes our employees can act like children. That doesn't mean we treat them like children. Well, Quite frankly, sometimes we may have to treat them like children to make sure that they're in their seats on time, but we never communicate to them like children. We communicate them with them as adults because this is business. This is their career. This is their wage. This is how they make a living and take care of themselves. So we need to communicate in an adult way to them, which means we need to be very direct. We can be positive and encouraging, but they need to know what the circumstances are And it's your responsibility to tell them what those circumstances are. So there's your leader culture. What's your organization like? What's the culture like at your place? What what kind of a leader are you? Are you all in? Are you all out, just not harder than the people that work for you? Are you... Uh, are you a leader that starts great, that gets your shift off to a great start, start, that plans to find ways to make sure that we start well? Do you walk the walk? Do you talk the talk? Well, if you're accomplishing these five things, then, then you are most likely a successful leader. And if your organization buys into these five things, then you most likely are part of a great leadership team. And heck, maybe you didn't need to listen to this podcast at all then. Anyway, it's been great to communicate with you. It was fun talking about a leader culture. Look forward to talking to you next week. Be maniacal about being on time and have a great week. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye now.